4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. All right, let's do it. We begin our NFL season team-by-team previews. We did a staff vote, Cofield and Company power rankings, and no shocker. Although maybe we have egg on our face if uh, Deshaun Watson comes back and plays. But uh, the Texans were number 32 on our power ranking list. Patrick Creighton covers the Houston scene. He's done a lot of national radio as well, and he gives Cofield and company a little time here. Patrick, we appreciate it. What's up, buddy? Welcome. One more time, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our Texan lives. Yes. (laughs) All right. So give us your best understanding of what the hell is going on right now. Uh, Is Deshaun Watson going to show up? Sean's going to show up, and he's going to get his money. And, and I'm peacocking a little bit today because, well, I've been the only guy in town saying this now for two months. Sean should show up, make the Texans send him home, and protect his dollars. And only, well, it's not about the money. He doesn't want to get. He wants to get traded. He doesn't trust the owner. How long we've been doing this, fellas? It's always about the money. And the only reason for Deshaun to say, well, I'm showing up, and then actually do show up. You don't have to get the test so they could get into uh, training camp. The only reason for him to do that while maintaining, but I still want to be traded, is to protect his money and not take those daily fines. Because, well, you can't get fined if the team sends you home. You weren't a holdout. You were sent home. So Deshaun's protecting his money, and he is now putting the pressure squarely on the Texans, the organization has not wanted to say anything about Deshaun publicly. David Culley has looked so uncomfortable when asked questions about Deshaun Watson that you can tell he's under a gag order. As soon as you say Deshaun's name, he literally looks like he soiled himself. It's the most funny-looking face you'll ever see in your life. But this is Deshaun protecting his money, make the Texans send me home, protect my cash, because realistically, if he holds out, all that's going to happen is Texans are going to fine him every single day he's not there. And under the new CBA, those fines are no longer waivable. They can't, once they're, once they're levied, that's it. you got to pay. So they fine him all the way through to the start of the season. And then at the start of the season, oh, then Roger Dell comes in and drops him on the commissioner's exemplars. So all he's going to do is take fines. Showing up helps prevent the fact that he's going to take all those fines before Roger Goodell ultimately has to make a decision on him come week one. So I would I would assume it's kind of where I was going with this, Patrick, which is it's not only the Houston Texans, right? Like at some point now that Watson is going to report to camp, don't the Texans reach out and go, like, what's going on? Are, are we doing exempt lists? Like this also forces the National Football League's hand to a certain extent, does it not? Uh, it does to to that extent of the Texans are certainly looking to the league to you know for guidance. Are you going to put them on the exemplars? What are you going to do? Because what the league is going to do will then predicate with the Texans. So uh, for for this example, let's say the league does not put Deshaun on the exemplars. Now the Texans are in a very unenviable position of having to suspend Deshaun Watson, which would mean no pay, suspend Deshaun Watson over uh, charges that he has not yet been found guilty of. In fact, there was an article that came out today in Sports Illustrated. Ten women 
have filed a criminal complaint with the Houston Police Department against Deshaun Watson. Now, this is interesting to me from this, from several avenues, but this one specifically. If you or I had 10 women file complaints about us, we'd be cuffed, stuffed, read our rights, and, and, and arraigned. They haven't even brought Deshaun in. I mean, they're literally communicating through Rusty Harden. If 10 people have, com- have filed a complaint and the police have not arrested Deshaun, have not brought him into the station for questioning, have not arraigned him yet, is that because they think that the, the, the files are, are flimsy? Because it's really hard to get over 10 different women filing a criminal complaint against the same person, and that dude's still on the street. So it, when we get to week one, it sounds like whether it's the league, whether it's the Texans, Deshaun Watson still is not under center for the Texans, correct? No chance. There is no chance Deshaun is under center week one. Uh, I would tell you I think Deshaun will never play another snap for the Texans. Trade it or not, he's not going to play another snap for this franchise. I think those bridges are burned. Uh, Deshaun has – well, Deshaun has gone out of his way to make sure everybody knows he doesn't want to be here. And then with all the, the civil charges, now you've sufficiently embarrassed the organization to the point where how do you justify bringing him back to the team? At least half your fan base is going to say, you can't bring that guy in, you know, he's, he's a sex offender. It doesn't matter that he hasn't been charged or he hasn't been convicted. Half of the people are, are just going to feel that way because, you know, in, in the uh, court of public opinion, Half the country, half the states going to think he's guilty. So you, now you can't bring him back. Now you have to trade him. The important thing for the Texans here is to not screw this up and actually trade him for a proper return and not just sell him, you know, for five cents on the dollar like they did DeAndre Hopkins or Jadavion yep. Clown. Yep. So this is so. Let's move on. So well, so Deshaun Watson's on the team regardless of what happens. Week one comes around. And you look at this team, Tyrod Taylor, I would assume, is going to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans by the time we get to week one. My question is, are they really this bad? Like, our rankings had them the worst team in the National Football League. I look around the roster, and there's talent here offensively. Are they really the worst team in the National Football League without Deshaun Watson? However bad you think the Texans are, (laughs) they're worse. Okay. Wow. They're worse. Think about it from this perspective, right? Deshaun Watson last year, if the Texans had any kind of a running game, any kind, the offensive line gave up 50 sacks in a year where offensive holding was legal. And they couldn't run block. They couldn't pass block. The defense couldn't tackle anyone. They were the worst in the league against the run. They gave up 160-plus yards a game on the ground. Rice doesn't give up 160 yards on the ground. That's how bad they are. They gave up 30 touchdowns in the air, and they had three interceptions. They were dead last in takeaways. The defense isn't any better. They changed the names, but all they did was they swapped out their scrubs for other guys' scrubs. So they're still scrubs. They're not any good. And the offensive line is still very much a question. The, Laramie Tunsil's a really good player at left tackle. After that, well, Max Sharping is really inconsistent. Kenny Britt hasn't played in a year and a half, and he's supposed to be the center who replaces Nick Martin, who wasn't any good. And then you've got uh, Marcus Cannon, who had surgery in June on his knee, and Titus Howard, who regressed horribly a season ago. 
and I'm supposed to feel good. The Texans want to run the football more. You can't run the football when you're always losing. The Texans trailed, on average, 33 minutes a game last year, and they went into halftime down 10 out of 16 times. If you're losing, you're not running the football. If your offensive line isn't any good, well, you're not running the football. If you don't have receivers who can stretch the field or a quarterback who can throw down the field and check down Tyrod is not that guy, why is anybody not going to put eight guys in the box and say, go ahead, throw it? I freaking dare you. This, I feel much more comfortable in the Texans winning zero games than I do in them winning five. All right, strong stuff. All right. Uh, Patrick Creighton, ESPN Houston is with us. We're talking about the Texans. We have them ranked 32nd in the league. Uh, after all that, I'm not sure that any question really matters, but uh, they picked up Anthony Miller. Why did they do that? Is this a sign of other moves to come, especially at receiver? Hey, maybe Randall Cobb goes back to Green Bay. That's the hot rumor going on right now. Uh-huh. How yep. will the Packers further appease Aaron Rodgers? Well, they're going to bring back Randall Cobb. Maybe they can get Antonio Freeman while they're at it, too. You know, it's, um, <laughs> is uh, Sterling Sharp, uh, how's he feeling? Because, you know, you want to keep going back. Well, you're not going to win going back. But if that's what makes A-Rod happy, that's what they're going to do. Because they got to make him happy for one more year. And Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb's not a bad player. He just can't stay healthy anymore. Right. And he's not the Randall Cobb he used to be. But he's still a, a, a useful receiver. As he's gotten older, the injuries keep catching up with him. If, if I'm Green Bay, I can't imagine. It costs me a whole lot to get Randall Cobb with that contract, maybe a seventh. <laughs> it's like, here, just, just take anything, and, and we'll give you Randall Cobb. So uh, is there going to be another move? I'm sure there's going to be another move made by the Texans because that's the, all they do is they keep changing guys in and out. At least here they went and got a guy who possibly has some upside before they got to pay him. They'll have a year to check them out and see where they don't have a lot of depth behind Brandon Cooks. It's Randall Cobb with off turn and Nico Collins, who opted out of last year in college, who, you know, was kind of a deep threat. And we don't know if Tyrod Taylor can actually get him the football. So there's a lot of, there's a plenty of holes in the Texans wide receiver group that, uh, you know, this move brings that certainly helps. Patrick, is there any chance that they move to Sean Watson before this season? If the Eagles come and say, here, here's our three first-round picks for next year. We'll give you a first the following year. Here's Jalen Hurts and another player sold. But I don't know why any team would be willing to give that until they know what the, what the NFL is ultimately going to do with Deshaun Watson. How many games is he going to miss? Um, until the NFL lays down some kind of ruling, I don't think any team's really going to make that hard of an offer. Right. I agree with you. So follow me on this one. If, say, the Dolphins came to them and they were like, we'll give you Tua and a first. You get one first. You get Hurts and a first and a second. Could the thinking in the Texans organization be like, you know what, we better get something for this guy because if the truth really comes out and he gets hammered in this whole deal, we're going to get nothing for him. If the Texans are dumb, and that is a very strong possibility, that could happen. The smart play here for the Texans is wait it out. If, if that's the best you can get is one pick and a guy that you don't know will ever be healthy in his life, I'd sit on him, wait, let's get to next offseason, let's see how everything plays out with the NFL, and then can I ask for full bump? You're not right. going to get a, another player like Deshaun Watson on this franchise, maybe for another six years. I mean, look how long it took him to get him. 
So you can't blow it the way you blew it with DeAndre and you blew it with J.D. They absolutely have to cash in. If that means they got to sit on them for a year and eat their turd sandwich, then that's what they got to do. <laughs> so give me your take on Rodgers' return, and I'm going to throw it this way at you. Uh, if I'm betting the Packers, do I just bet the Packers like, hey, this is going to be a normal season. It looks like Rodgers is going to be there for a year, and then he's gone. Do I just treat this like, hey, everything's good again. The Packers are going to be just as effective as they would have been, you know, say, last year. If Aaron Rodgers is going to play, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I'm betting the Packers like I would normally bet the Packers. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. They're going to win their 12 games, and they're going to be a, a player in the NFC. And, you know, we'll see how the – how the defense shakes out and, and how the running game shakes out. And if they get anybody besides Devontae Adams who can catch football on a regular basis, we'll see how all that works out. But he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still the, the reigning MVP. He is the whole team. He makes everything go. And if he's going to play, then I'm going on the Packers. And one last point on the Texans, again, on the betting front. I know you, you, know, you sounded pretty hardcore down on them. The number is four. Four wins. Unders minus 115. You're going under? I'm going under. Not not exactly a great value, but no, I, I'd be going under. Really quickly, they're bad to the point where they should be three-point underdogs at home to Jacksonville in week one. They're bad to the point of we might see Trevor Lawrence standing in the backfield looking for guys to throw for five to six seconds. <laughs> wow. They can't rush the passer. They can't cover. Their linebackers have cement feet. There is there is no like tangible upgrade. You can't look at their defense from last year, look at the defense of this year, and say, "Oh wow, they're tangibly better here, here, and here." The only guy that you could even say was an actual effective pass rusher last year, and that you know we're we're real being generous in this department was J.J. Watt, who was doubled on every play and had like the worst season of his career. So we took him out. We didn't add anybody else in there. How are they better? This has all the makings of an absolute epic disaster of, like, Lions and Browns proportion. By the way, we didn't even cover trying to handicap or predict what kind of season they have because of the coach. We have have no idea if David Culley, if his message is going to get through, if he's qualified to be the head coach, if Lovey Smith is going to be the head coach. I mean, that's a grand mystery going into this year. If you're David, if I'm from, from if I'm David Cully, I know that I'm here as part of the puppet government. But it's the first time in my life I'm making seven figures, so I'm going to take it. And you know what? Whether it works, it doesn't work. No matter what happens, I'm riding off into the sunset with the most money I'm ever going to make over the next couple of years. And no matter what happens, I can always smile and wave and secretly flip the bird. I. I David Culley's never been an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator or a special teams coordinator. He's been a position coach, and he was a position coach for the Ravens when they had the worst receiver group in the NFL. He was a position group for the Kansas City Chiefs when their wide receivers caught zero touchdown passes for an entire year. Yeah, I'm super pumped about this guy. <laughs> All right, Patrick. Hey, we appreciate it. I know you're, you have your show coming up here in like 45 minutes. So 7 to 9 Central Time, Late Hits, ESPN 97.5. He's a great listener. You can hear he's got plenty of strong takes. He's the guy in Houston. Patrick, thank you so much. Anytime, fellas. Appreciate it. There he is, Patrick Creighton, ESPN Houston. I shouldn't have said that. We, we talked to a lot of people in Houston. He's one of the guys.
He's very good, though. I think <laughs> he's. Really I, I also think he's. Would I bet under four? No. You know, when I pick over unders for the season, I will always try uh, in the NFL to, to bet one of the bottom five teams because people are way too down on them. Mm-hmm. You sound like you want to bet the over. I want. I definitely am going to bet them catching three. And the Jaguars one. game is fascinating. Yeah. Say it again. Week one Jaguars. They're catching three mm-hmm. again against the Jaguars, who are a very unknown entity right now. I don't know if. I mean, I obviously I was genuflecting at the feet of uh, St. Trevor during the season when I thought the Jets would get him, but I don't know if he's going to come right in and be awesome right out of the gates. I was going to say he. He both things can still be true, right? Like yeah. he's still going to be really good. And week one, are you going to lay three points? Because again, remember. So I always do this exercise too, right? If you're using the traditional three for home field, you're talking about the Jags being a six-point favorite on a neutral and a nine-point favorite back in Jacksonville against this Texans team. And that's pretty high given today's climate, whatever home field is worth for those two teams. Regardless, it's a really big number for the Jags to let. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. All right, moving towards the second half of the show. Von Tobel here, Cofield. So we get to the football headlines, our football frenzy this hour. And by the way, every day at 4 o'clock, every day at 4 o'clock, we'll be doing an NFL preview interview according to our power rankings. Tomorrow we'll talk to – nope. You're not going to find out until tomorrow. Mm. It's all a big surprise. Who's the second worst team in the National Football League? The votes were all over the place. All over the place. Someone had the Packers 23. Someone else had the Packers number three. That's the kind of split on the staff. We don't like each other a lot of days. And we don't – well, I'm going to say we respect our opinions, but we're very uh, all over the map on the National Football League. (laughs) Can I give you a little COVID update? Okay. Vaccine update. Okay. Because uh, we're seeing more people with the vaccine test positive, right? Fully vaccinated. Your guy, Frank Reich, on the heels of Bill Self, also fully vaccinated. Kansas head coach, Frank Reich. Going to be down for a little while. Sucks. Prayers up. Um, I, 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 yeah, I hope he uh, he doesn't get you know anything too serious out of it. Because I've heard some people who were vaccinated who've gotten you know quite a rough run for at least a couple of days. So I've heard I've heard stories of crazy diarrhea. Okay. Wouldn't that be one of the worst symptoms to have? Frank Reich, load up on the wipes in the right. toilet paper. Not, um, not really funny. Flushable. Sucks wipes. if it happens to you. It does. Uh, no, and I because it was good that you got clarity on this because remember when the reports initially came out of like the top teams and the bottom teams, the Colts were initially one of the bottom teams. Oh, that's right. And so when I saw this, I was like, You're like oh. Reich, come on, like, leadership. Is it going to come across as he's like a Rolovich type? And it, but no, fully vaccinated, just unfortunately came down with it. So. Uh, we will see if that is end up, if this is end up, uh, if he's going to end up missing time. And you would assume since he's fully vaccinated, it won't be a really long loss, and he'll be back in time, and everything will be fine. But again, it's just kind of a lesson: wear your mask. Did you see the note that was potentially a powder keg that came out Friday and over the weekend that Bruce Arians, no nonsense, Bruce Arians, head coach Bruce Arians, will find unvaccinated players fourteen thousand dollars for any violation of the NFL's. COVID-19 protocols 
for unvaccinated players. It was uh, per Michael David Smith, who's a longtime NFL guy. And then it was quickly pointed out by other NFL insiders. Coaches could have done that last year. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the interesting twist here is, is there a point where Riverboat Ron DeSantis, freedom fighter, is going to push back on behalf of his NFL teams and say, no, 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 no. Right? Because he's, uh, he's anti-vax passport. These rules would almost seem to be sort of a violation and overstepping what Ron DeSantis wants for his state. Does he get involved? It's a good political move. It's also a private company. You can't do anything, right? Say it well, again. It's a private so here. It's a private entity. You can't do anything. Or is it just the? Uh, is it just the look of like, look at me? I mean, there was the deal with the the ship companies, the cruise ship companies, yeah. where it looked like they were going to be real stringent on it, and then they kind of backed off. So, and I, like I said, uh, we've got many politicians now who are more about, hey, what's coming up for me. Than doing the day-to-day work that they were voting, you know, while they were voted in, uh, Ron DeSantis has big goals. This would be a great feather in his cap if he's like, "F the NFL, my, the teams in my state aren't following these freaking draconian rules." Well, he's got a problem because he won't just be fighting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Bruce Arians was given a lot of credit for this. It's actually a league rule, right? It's a league rule. Yeah. I said last year they could have done the same thing, mm-hmm. but oh, that's okay. a point. He's fighting back against the league. Right. No, I'm just saying a lot of people gave Bruce Arians credit, like it was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers right. thing. Right. Uh, when it's actually a league policy. But I mean, I guess you could, but you're going to lose. Is yes. it just about the optics? We're seeing with this college football realignment, teams potentially going to all these different conferences, right? Mm-hmm. And I've tried to say pump the brakes. Conferences do have a certain look they want from the schools that are in their conference. And. You know, the Big 12 does business one way, especially when it comes to academics. There's some good schools, but there's also some lousy schools. And it's not this automatic that the Big 10 is just going to scoop up anyone, nor the ACC. ACC mostly is a conference uh, filled with, you know, pretty good academic schools. And I thought all along, one of the schools that could be in real trouble if the academics are judged, and I know in the end it's, it's going to be money, but West Virginia is not exactly a lock to, to land with someone. I keep saying, oh, ACC, perfect match. Is it? Is it based on West Virginia's academics? Mm-hmm. And does the ACC – what What does the ACC get from West Virginia? I don't think much. It's just a regional match. Right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty competitive, you know, in the big sports in uh, football and men's basketball. So what? I still feel like there could be a couple of schools sitting there with their bags like, hey, where are we going? And, and conferences are like, not here. Sorry. <laughs> What? Might, might want to go to the AAC. Might want to head to the Mountain, Mountain West. We don't have a spot for you. Sorry. Like, we're bringing in Notre Dame in the ACC. Eh, academics, reputation, lots of money. West Virginia. Come on, folks. Look around your state. See what you are. One of the, uh, one of the reports that I was reading, uh, it was not so kind to the future of Baylor. And Baylor fans were up in arms about it. About Which, why think about they... that. Right. <laughs> think about it. What are they up in arms about? Oh, that they, they think that they're a, they're a university and a school and a program worth snatching up by any of these power conferences. Do you want to explain to Baylor people why there might be some problems? I mean, the, besides the fact that their football program was absolute trash for allowing what happened with Art Bryles. Their basketball program had a player murdered, yeah. Yeah. and then that coach tried to cover it up. And the football thing doesn't go away in like a year. No. When you have, when you have a well-publicized rape and sexual assault culture and all the way up to the top, they don't do anything about it. And keep in mind, Ken Starr was the guy who was running the school. And like you mentioned, Bryles, you know, they had fixers. 
That doesn't just go away. Again, there are conferences out there. We saw last year with the Pac-12. The Pac-12 pushed it as far as it could, right, saying football does not supersede everything else at these schools. We're going to push it as far as we can. And then at the last minute, they're like, oh, crap, we got to play some football. And then it didn't really work out very well. But the Pac-12 has a healthy respect. The academic department there, the academic department's, are not walkovers. It's not all about sports. So this notion that, because that the, some of the rumors have been the Pac-12 would pick up Baylor, would pick up Texas Tech, might pick up Oklahoma State. Really? Are you sure? With schools like Stanford and Cal? And I, you know, I know there's some other schools that aren't great academically, but there's a, a lot of uh, flexing the muscle from the academic departments. And I, I thought this was interesting for Madam Rittenberg, and I don't think people really follow this stuff. Uh, you know there is something called the Association of American Universities. It's uh, 66 distinguished public and private research universities uh, dedicated to improving human life through education, research, and discovery. Uh, In other words, it's schools that have a pretty healthy respect for what they do academically and might not want to be aligned with schools that are more about sports and less about diversity especially uh, and less about academics. But Rittenberg said, I heard from several people today that the Big Ten would only be interested in adding schools from the AAU. Nebraska, no longer part of that 66 school group, uh, when they first came into the league was part of it, but that is a problem with Nebraska. Now Nebraska for the Big Ten essentially provides a, a double downer because it's not a great academic school. And the now, now the one thing you, know, you were fired up about is that the football program, oh, they're going to get back to where they were, superpower. Right now, they're not getting back. But anyway, so the Big Ten will only be interested in adding schools from AAU. Uh, Texas is an AAU member. A lot of people have said Texas actually, the university, Austin, actually aligns better with the Big Ten than it does with the SEC. But we know in that case, it's going to be all about money. But, uh, yeah, other Pac-12 schools that are uh, accredited, Cal, Washington, Colorado, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Stanford. And of note, Oklahoma is not AAU, but you know, most people say that Oklahoma is a pretty solid academic university. But I, I think this is going to play into this whole thing, and I don't believe that we're going to have freaking twenty-team conferences, or as you'll hear from Jay Billis later on the show, thirty-two-team conferences. These other conferences, the SEC is going to do what it's going to do, right? They're going to bump up by two teams. They're going to add superpowers in football potentially if Texas gets back superpower money-wise. They are. They're going to add Texas and Oklahoma. That does not mean that the ACC is going to go away from its mission and just start grabbing anyone it can. Uh, I, I don't think the Pac-12, there's a chance in hell they just start grabbing any school they can. They're going to be very careful about who they add to that conference, which then the big quandary is what does the Big 12 do? Because they're down to eight schools, and do they just go out? And I think this is probably the best move. Just go out and start adding schools to try to get back to a legit 12, try to find schools that are you know like-minded in terms of eh, academic sort of, but you know mostly on the big-time sports with – Uh, football and men's basketball, it's to be seen. But I I don't think there's going to be this poaching from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the ACC of all these other group of five schools and Big 12 schools. I just don't see it happening. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for taste. 
waist in and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. Gotta move, cause time. All right, let's do it. Fat pack on a Monday. Cofield and Company, Ari's back in our Finley Toyota Studios. JBT here as well. We'll get to the Armageddon that broke out over the weekend when it came to the Packers betting market. Packers got pulled off a lot of boards, and that was because of the Aaron Rodgers rumors pertaining to potential retirement. Well, that's not going to happen. We don't think, because the news changes like every six hours, sources telling a lot of the NFL insiders, oh, Rodgers will be there this week, and this will be the last year that some sort of agreement was struck over the weekend. This will be Rodgers' last year in a Green Bay uniform. So that's coming up with the odds in less than 10 minutes. But Fat Pack, first of all, Ari sends over a story. I'm confused. You have to explain this to me. Sure. Uh, This guy's viral tweet about getting robbed of his Chipotle reached the company. They bought him a tear-proof bag, and uh, later on they, they tweet at each other. Wait, so... He got robbed. So he's downtown Minneapolis uh, is okay. where this happened. And right. the first tweet, it's like, you know, one of those, a tweet, a story in four parts with tweets. Uh, the first one is, I effing hate living downtown. Someone just snatched my Chipotle and got on the train. And you see him carrying the top half of the bag in the bottom. So bag. basically someone, maybe he wrestled with someone and the bag tore and they got the bottom, which was the good half of the bag exactly. with all the stuff in it. Correct, yeah. And if you've ever gotten Chipotle, yeah, it's totally on the bottom. And I, I feel like this person who, who stole it was, like, case in the joint. Like, all right, how am I going to do this? Or has had this plan for a while. Uh, so you see the half bag. He then tweets four days later, uh, life is all about learning from your mistakes. And he's got a new Chipotle bag, but he's, like, got it cradled like a child, like a baby. Uh, the next part of this tweet is a letter from Chipotle. Here's a tear-proof, reusable Chipotle lunch bag for safe carrying. Your next five rounds are on us. Good luck out there, Chipotle. And uh, he's got a picture with the bag. And then lastly, as you go through the thread, uh, you know, he shouts them out. He's This guy is not really looking for uh, clout. He's more interested in the, the well-being of others. So he said something to, down, to uh, Chipotle. Hey, bestie, because of my people suffering on the Internet, donated hundreds of dollars to food banks for me. You trying to match them? And Chipotle said, we'll be in touch. Have you ever seen a bag like this? The, 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 the tear-proof? No, it's pretty cool. I wonder what it's made of, like Teflon or something, right? I'll tweet it out here in a second. Why does it exist? Does it exist just for this? Did they, did they just quick action? Like, hey, we got to do something about this? Is this a reoccurring problem, I wonder? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. It's like, a- why, why, do you, why do you need a tear-proof bag at a fast food joint? Or are people getting... <laughs> Maybe this is. Maybe it's a persistent problem where people are freaking tearing the bag apart and running. I've I've never heard of a robbery like this. It's pretty creative. Right, yeah. Um, so, But you know what? To me, Chipotle can always use the good pub. I think they're past a lot of the stuff. You know, they had some issues in the past. So Definitely. Anything where you're reaching out to customers. and Like, they didn't have to do this, so this is kind of cool. Uh, today is also on the National Day list. Is there something different about National Bagel Fest Day? Does that have something to do with Breck? Fast? No, because it's fast. It's F-E-S-T, not fast. Is there a National Bagel Day and today's National Bagel Fest? I don't understand the Bagel Fest. Yeah, I love this because it's to our chagrin with these National Day things. It's It literally, yes, it's recognizing 
as they call it, the car kosher carbohydrate. This day is to recognize the bagel. So I'm not really understanding what the purpose of the name Bagel Fest would be, but yeah. And it's also, I should add a quick note, this comes just about two years after, uh, what was his name? The guy, Chris, the Bagel Boss, had his incident. Uh, and National Bagel Day is actually February 9th. So this is very confusing. So they're doing, they do, they <laughs> double up on the bagels. Apparently, yeah. It gets, they it just gets made up days. another name. Yeah. They just made up another name so they could have a second bagel day. Yes, which just furthers your point that this is all like big conglomerate, big bagel trying to get their big way. Big bagel this time. Big Two bread. they get us. Big bagel. I assume you're anti-bagel everything other than plain bagels? No, no. We, we discussed this a little bit. I'm pretty open with bagels. I mean, not all of them, but I like everything. Sesame, poppy. I'll take, I'll try a pumpernickel rye. What else? It's pretty good for me, right? Plain, of course. I'm not big on the cinnamon raisin. I'm cool off that. Anything? And no like... way you're doing everything bagel? No, I will, yeah. Oh, you will? Yeah. Do you use the everything bagel seasoning on your food? No, but I would, I think. It's very popular. Yeah, it seems seems good. I would. I threw some in mm. eggs this morning. I made my eggs taste like they were on a bagel without the bagel. Ooh, that's good. See, yeah, yes. I like that, yeah. I don't have any at the household, but maybe I should get some. I showed... For bagel fest day. Pretty high-level discipline this weekend. We went to a uh, nice deli for breakfast on Sunday, and we got... You know it's a good place when you get the bagel on the side with the food. Like, they include it. Yes. But uh, we're not doing bread a whole lot right now, so we were actually able to uh, give a couple of bagels to the people who were with us. Now, this was this was the, the challenge, and I thought of Ari because Ari won't eat anything. <laughs> First off, are you anti-cream cheese? No. It's a loaded Are question. you anti-cream cheese other than plain cream cheese? Because they offered like nine different kinds of cream cheese, including... One of the people in the group requested for their bagel that we were giving them strawberry cream cheese. Ooh. <laughs> no, I'm uh, un- You're out. Uh, unlike the bagels, yeah, I'm really picky. I like uh, plain. I will take, what is it, uh, cream cheese and chives, as we called it, but chive Ooh, onion, I think. they, they have that. Yeah. Okay. Now, I would prefer that on a plain or sesame because I think it's a little, little over the top when you put that on an everything bagel, but it's a different discussion. But that's it. All those honey and weird walnut and strawberry and all that stuff, I... I'm good on that. They make the some rest crazy of your flavors. life. Let's finish up fat pack here, but I have one more question. Uh, the rest of your life, you have to eat one <laughs> kind of bread every day. The rest of your oh. life, would you choose a bagel? And it has to be. It'll have to be one kind of bagel. Oh. Or, or is there a kind of bread that you would choose every day the rest of your life? You're the worst for this. Um, I, you know what? This is a really hard one for me, but I think I would say a bagel and. I guess, yes! I guess I would probably just do plain because it covers the all different kind of things. That way I can just eat it with whatever, but maybe a sesame. I'm really feeling exotic wow. for the rest of my life. This is scary. I actually hate this with uh, every part of my soul. <laughs> I actually agree with you. I would choose a bagel every day for the rest of my life, and it would be a sesame bagel. Unbelievable. Worlds collide. Oh my God. The show is crumbling. I don't think I want to do it anymore. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. 
Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. We're going to get to the latest with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of developing news starting Friday all the way through the middle of the day today. It looks like he is going to be back with the Packers, and he'll be there under special circumstances, we'll say that. But it all started on Friday, John. Von Tobel's here as we get to uh, some of the numbers and gambling angles from the weekend. It all started on Friday when a bunch of books were reacting to Rogers' retirement rumors. The story was, hey, he's just going to walk, or he's going to say he's retiring and try to pull a power play uh, like Carson Palmer did uh, way back when. And it just happens that, you know, one of the advisors for Rodgers was also an advisor at that time for Carson Palmer. So most of the sports books reacted to it by just pulling it down. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't bet the Packers on anything, you know, season win totals, um, you know, championships. They took the NFC North odds down because uh, the numbers have gotten a really interesting point, I thought, on Friday where you could actually get. I think the Vikes moved in front as the favorite for the. NFC North at plus 125. You get the Packers at plus 195. You had talked about getting getting the Vikings earlier in the offseason division at plus 375. I looked on Friday afternoon. They were down to plus 200. And then I just told you, it eventually went down to plus 125. Um, And you mentioned Circa still had the numbers up. But most places pulled them down completely. Yeah. Are you surprised they did it? Which they pulled them down? No, not at all. Really? No. Based on what the Circa did? No, we well because what Circuit did was the outlier, right? Like what Circuit did was commendable because they adjusted the odds based on the rumors, left everything up for action, and uh, they also gave you multiple options, right? Which I thought was incredible because I got uh, the only bet I really got down when the rumors were starting to swirl was Packers over under nine and a half wins, which you and I discussed, and you know I was like it's a lock if if Rodgers is back, mm-hmm. and it was over nine and a half at plus one twenty. And then I look later that night, Circa's got eight and a half, nine and a half. You can you can bet either number lows, yeah. and nine and a half over was plus one seventy. I'm like, ah Yeah. Like I thought I got him. And then the Circa had better numbers. Well now but now you're going to have a good one, right? Aaron Rodgers officially I, back. The that's nine. What, well, that's why I bet it. Yeah. I mean I felt good. I would I'd rather have nine or eight and a half. Like right. what come on. What would you rather have? This is this is a no brainer. Would you rather have nine and a half over plus one twenty or over eight and a half minus one ten? Well, right. I mean, it was with Aaron Rodgers, right? That's, that's it's all with Aaron Rodgers right, right now. And look, here's the thing: with the, I should probably be clear, like when we're talking about this, what Circuit did was the outlier, and that's why it's so commendable, yep. right? Because for the most part, you see shops that are going to see that take it down, let the rumor carry out, and see what's going to happen, and then put it back up. And even more so, right? With Circuit is it's not even just keeping it up. But just with regular limits as well. That's yeah. the other part, right? It's not, hey, we're going to put this up. We're only going to take $200 on right, this. Right. We're going to put this up, and we're going to allow you to bet it, and we'll react accordingly to some of the money that we're seeing, as they had mentioned. They, you've seen a couple mentions on the social media. But, yeah, that's I think what Circuit did was, <sighs> was great. It was commendable. But it was also the outlier. I think a majority of the times you will see the shops react in the way of pull it down, let's see what happens, and then put it back up. Packers, we'll check that. Uh at that moment, when I saw this on late Friday, mm-hmm. you could get you actually could bet the yes no as well. So you could have got the right. Vikings no to win the division at minus one sixty, which is interesting. But yeah, they offered for the Packers they offered seven and a half over under, mm-hmm. right? Over was minus one ninety five, eight and a half straight up, 
110 each way. And then, as I mentioned, nine and a half with the over at plus 170 under at minus 195. So, and they, and they offer, by the way, that's the cool thing about what Circle offers. They have yes, no markets on pretty much almost all of these futures when it comes to like divisions for every single team and the all tie low and regular win totals for every team too. But to your point, the updated one standard win total now for the Packers. Yeah. Nine over minus minus one twenty five. So now it's nine. Yep. And now you've got nine at a plus <laughs> price on the over. So again, you missed out on a, a meaty number, but you still got to, you have beat the market on that. What do you think this means for the future in cases like this? It's a unique case. It's a unique case, but will more books just go, all right, let's stay calm. Let's stay calm. Let's keep the numbers up. Maybe we maybe we cap the limit think, until we know. Yeah, I mean, instead of pulling them down, I think there's there's more books that will do what you just said, which is tweak it, but then lower the limits. Again, I don't think it could be stressed enough to not adjust your limits and to keep it up. And what Circuit did it is it's really cool, and it is the outlier that most shops aren't going to do. But I still think you'll see the odds makers get more. It's still be tentative. Just take it all down until they get something concrete, and then put it back up. I saw Action Network say that uh, DraftKings, mm-hmm. you before this morning you could have gotten the Packers at twenty eight to one for the Super Bowl. That would have been nice. Makes sense. We all, but it's always would have been nice, right? Yeah. Are you betting twenty eight to one after all of the rumors are that he is retiring? Uh, I would have. I just I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, because I bet over nine and a half. Right, but I mean, I was I was, you were I, was one ro- of the few. I was rolling the dice where I'm like, right. he's not he's not retiring, or I'm going to play the value against those rumors. Right. But I'm crazy like that. Because then the flip side of it is with them with them they're going to go seven and ten. It's still a possibility. It by is the way. a possibility. He could get hurt. They could be underwhelming. They're, you know, as you make the case, the Vikings are better. The maybe the Bears are better too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But I thought that was a, a crazy, you know, back and forth action on the uh, on the gambling front. Mm-hmm. And now that there's more competition, there's more possibilities that you're going to have numbers all over the board. I mean, you were talking about the uh, the Seattle total win was a point total last week, where at one point you get a, a like a middle between 94 and a half points and something in the. I thought at one point it was like in the low 70s. What are you talking about? Oh, you, you didn't see? You, we talked about it. The Kraken. Oh, yeah, point yeah, total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I said Seattle. But the crack in point total in the NHL, yeah. there were big gaps on on the overall point total. And I was like, I, I think uh, even after a couple of days, yep. there was still a healthy middle where you could get somewhere between like, you know, 90 and 81 and a half. All right, stick around. Big Five is on the way.